All right, so once again, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Right Under the Influence virtual open mic slash spoken word event. I'm your host, Fight Storm. So we're gonna quickly just jump right into this. I'm just gonna just go over the key guidelines, um, which is A, this event will be recorded. If you, do not, if you do not want to be recorded, simply let me or Richard know so that way we can just take you off the recording. Um, also, when it is your turn to perform, just state your name, the name of the piece, and if possible, whatever inspiration uh, is behind what you will be performing tonight. Um, if we get to your name and you are not ready, what we will do is just put your name at the end of the list um, to give yourself more time and then it's that way we can just keep the ball rolling. Um, and when you are done performing, just let everybody know by either saying you're done, finished, this is the end, whatever indication that we in the honest can know that you are done. Um, and from what I see here tonight, there's not too many here. Um, right now so in order for us to get more rounds in because these events are they do go off the rounds um we'll just try to keep the commentary uh to a minimum so that way more people can uh, perform what they want to perform and like i said at the end of the show if you guys want to sit back and you know continue the conversation we have before this started i'm up for it all right so with all that being said I will kick off things tonight. Um, I do have a piece here that was read by Rich Richard last week, um, and I, you know, just want to thank you for performing that piece for me, Rich. Um, last week I was in serious pain because of my tooth, um, but all of that is all fixed, and now I'm good to go now. So I still do not have a title for it. Um, because I don't, it's not 100% done, but it's, I just feel like I could possibly add more to it. So as of right now, it is done, but in my mind, I'm pretty sure I will go back and alter it somehow, some way. All right, so let me begin. In the wake of fire, humble beginnings are singed as old memories slowly burn away. Not as a whole though, but independently, respectively. We welcome the inferno bathed in fire, christened in a lake of lava. The aroma of life purged from death filters throughout the air as the cycle repeats. Intertwined are the lines designed to combine two ideas, both unique, separated by the differences of every letter used to voice its speech. As quickly as it comes, it ends. To put on hold just for a slight pause, then thrown into the crossroads. That's when words become lost. But what does it mean to live? Will a phoenix quiver in the coldest depths of a soul closed off to the world? Is there a beginning to an end? If so, then what does it mean to die? If given a second chance to change in order to live through different types of pain, once it all ends, where does it begin again? I question this because what does it mean to be? Even if that feeling subsides, will it change? If a different perspective is given, driven through a set of unfamiliar eyes, like an owl in the night, better yet like fireflies. What can be seen may not always be understood. With every message received, it can either make or break what is or what was once believed. Perched in the highest tree, a nest, empty, 
symbolism for the current state of humanity. Society broken and pushed aside, deprived of the love that takes on the shape of the sun with its radiating light that burns inside. Tearful goodbyes, one by one they fall to the wayside. After making the repetitive journey past through emotion-filled, emotionless eyes, I reprise my role, if not in this life, then in the other, written in the same book but in a different chapter. And that's the end of that. Storm, this is uh, this is one of my like every time I hear this piece, you know, I heard it, I heard Richard perform it last week, and then hearing you perform it, um, th- I love this piece, man. It's one of the most complex I think I've ever like heard like you write or read in the sense that you worked with like so many different images and I love that one in particular about the phoenix that was that was really amazing and you taught there's like this interesting like cycle of like life and death or like rebirth going through the entire poem um it was really beautiful man yeah what I was trying to go with because um this was um inspired by a poem that Rich had uh, recited last week, and with the whole idea of fire, um, fire, in my opinion, it does two things. It brings death, but it also brings life as well, because once something's been burned, sometimes I know like in certain forests, fire is needed for some seeds to crack open and, you know, to grow. Um, so it, it, it does both, because once the ashes have been, you know, created and moved aside, sometimes the environment itself needs those ashes to really grow by taking in either the nutrients or the examples of people's lives lost to be reabsorbed within that society for that society to grow or to create change in order for it to grow. So that was the whole symbolism there that I was trying to put in that piece. That was absolutely beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So next up, Rich, if you are ready, the floor is yours, man. All right. So... Name's Richard Pogue, as you can see on the screen. Uh, Tumblr handle is Imperial Lefty. Uh, just like anybody else, if you want to plug any of your social media stuff, any of your handles, anything like that, just use the chat for the rest of the audience. Uh, this piece I wrote probably a few years ago. Uh, there's no real backstory. Uh, the title is Forecast Be Damned. <clears throat> it was thunder that shook the house but the storm raging inside this home was built on dreams. Maybe not dreams, but the reality of the sinking sand that made its foundation of so many mistaken identities. Love forged in fire of somewhat maybe kind of almost devotion. Now, hearts riot in rib cages, drowning in regret of hot flashes and kisses and tragic fingertips tapping on thighs, hoping for the combination, but sometimes we're wrong and nothing opens. We pray for relief, but have no favor. So we bend and break. Lightning ignites and all futures are set ablaze. These ashes taste like too soon, always too soon and we are but nameless shadows, creeping into corners that would reject us, but our darkness is too deep. Lost to the passing of ticking clocks and talking winds, weary and wary and worthless all in the end. Tell me something. When did we become like this? Tell me why did we become like this? Tell me where will we go 
And where was the rest of us when we thought we could grow old? The end. Dope. I like that. You know, Rich, that was that was that was crazy, man. That was uh I mean, I oh, oh as always, I mean, it was su- such um detail to your images and such incredible like uh usage of 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 like spacing in between each image like the, i don't know how to i don't know how to put it like the way there's almost like there's almost like like a pattern to the way you to the way you convey um like certain like feelings in your work like you like there's a rhythm to it almost and i don't know if that's if it, if it's in you performing it or if it's in just the natural you know um way your your words come out you know on paper as well the like the natural flow of it but it was it was unbelievable um the and i often talk about like my ad lib or impromptu work when it comes to like doing this stuff so to answer your question john it's in the delivery and it's also in when reading an old piece finding where there are where there are holes and just filling it in um like almost like quick creep it's like uh like an old piece is like a broken piece of cement and like it still does its job if you walk over top of it but sometimes like in the moment you're you're inspired to to fill in those holes to fix that thing so um even though like 80 percent of that piece is what i read the other 20 percent i kind of just filled in on the spot that's unbelievable <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting analogy you used yeah i mean it, it's the difference between a 45 second piece and a 90 second piece no doubt no, Rich, that, that was um, that was a really good piece. There was one line in there that really like stuck out. Um, I think it was like sinking sand that makes the foundation. Yeah, that, that hit hard. That hit hard because like the way I interpreted that was just like your job's never done, no matter how stable or how you know however how high you want to build up, like there. It will always need work. You will always have to go back and double check, triple check, and you know cover all different areas to make sure that you as a person or you as a man or you as a woman, the job's never done. So yeah. I, I like that line. Yeah, the, the original line was, this home was built on dreams, but reality was the sinking sand, a foundation of mistaken identities. Yeah, I mean, my fault for butchering that, but it 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 just stuck out to me. So, I mean, I, I appreciate that, though. I think that was a, a really good line there altogether. All right, so with that being said, Jonathan, you are up next. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm John. Uh, you might know me as a Instance in the Phrase on Tumblr. Um, I'm going to share with you uh, a piece tonight that, um, well, I, I, I've been sharing some more personal, uh, really personal work lately. And uh, this one, uh, I couldn't think of a title for it until, until well, I, I showed the poem to my mother. And it's about, um, this poem is about uh, memories I used to have with her. And um, as of late in the last six to eight months, my mother has been getting 
uh, sicker and, you know, she's, she's struggling. Um, we've been through a lot here and, uh, I, I, I'm very worried about when I don't have her anymore. And, um, I, uh, it's, it's just very hard for me. So, uh, when I sent her this poem, she wrote back to me, uh, in Italian, actually. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I talk a lot about my, uh, Italian American background, <laughs> And uh, this is, uh, she said to me, senza parole, which means uh, no words. And she proceeded to uh, cry after I read it to her. So um, I, I titled this poem, uh, Senza Parole. So um, here it goes. That booth in the far left corner, it's where I last felt special. Amid days you'd take me shopping and buy us lunch for two. Back then there were no words or lies of gifts which spoiled, just dialogue sharing existence to narrate love they implied. But mom, I'm an old man now, whose prose means less than silence between these lies we fashioned, if fantasies dreamed could talk, soon imagining death can't come and joy once lost should linger among those memories cherished where sunshine still seems true. Coming through such windows clear, looking out upon parking lots empty, in brightness showering strangers that walked with bags towards home. My mind since seems so full, obscured too much by answers, while your smile wide holds questions like sun during times long gone. Only age-proof solace awaits within tears wrinkled eyes might glimmer, reflecting apparent divinity inside souls you stays left behind. I'm your little boy who sits, eating fries yet savoring moments, on forever our afternoon journeys, at a mall how heaven might look. That's it. All right, John, before anyone else hops in here, I gotta, I gotta go. Um, as, as a son who also has a mother with other ailments and a, ser a series of years of scary moments and always hoping for a little bit more. You did well, son. You did well. Rich, coming from you, man, that means a lot. That, that, that means the world to me, man. Thank you so much. This, this particular piece was, um, was very hard for me to write. Um, I, I don't often talk about these memories because um, not because they're bad, but because it's too painful for me to accept the fact that I am becoming an old man. Uh, I, 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 as people find it hard to believe I'm in my thirties now. Uh, and um, I, I feel the passage of time and with everything going on in my life and all these transitions, uh, I think the poetry has been hard for me. And, 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 you know, being on here as of late, I just decided like, you know, listening to everybody's personal stories and all the, all the wonderful things people have shared. I said, you know what? I said, if, I, if I'm gonna write, if I'm gonna put the time into write, then I'm gonna write something real and I'm not gonna hide, you know, behind any sort of pretense. And that's, that's what happened. Hey man, for somebody who lost their mother, man, that shit, I felt that one for real, man. Oh, thank you, Rudy. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. I, uh, I, it means a lot, my friend. Definitely. It's not easy 
coming to terms with or going through that process or going through that transition of uncertainty of everything it, it's confusing it's frustrating it's sadness it's so many different emotions just just rushing so i definitely get where you're coming from man Thanks, yeah man. exactly what rudy's saying the same thing i lost my mom and it's not easy <laughs> at all so that's good that you can get it all out thank you i wanted to make sure she read it you know like before you know god forbid anything you know i mean that's that. That's why I I, ins I insisted on her reading it, even though she she cursed at me in Italian and started crying. I I insisted she read it. Nah, that 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 piece was deep. I felt that on many different ways. Like my mother, like my parents, right now they they are growing older, and you know, as of right now, they're healthy fine but i know there's going to be a time and day when that comes where i'm in that same position and i've been dreading that those moments and for that day to come and it's like that poem to me was just like insights because i had thoughts and you know i related to some of those feelings because even though i don't i'm not in that situation but i know it's coming and I, I, knowing me i know i'm going to feel the same way so it's, it's that was a good piece. I enjoyed that one. Thank you, Jay. All right. So next up, Kay, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Okay. I'm going to pass with this first round, but I should be ready by the next. All right. Cool. No problem. No problem. Okay. All right. I'm just finishing up one, so I just wanted to get it done. Yeah, no worry. I got you. I got you. All right, Soul Reserve, you are up next. The floor is yours. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I will begin with a acknowledgement of country. I'm reading to you from the land of the Wajak Nyunga people who are the traditional custodians. I recognize their ongoing connection to both the land and the sea and their love and care of the land over countless generations. I pay my respects to their elders past present and emerging. Um, so I always wanted to visit Sydney. Uh, it was a dream. And uh, last year, it was a dream come true. I, I finally got to go to uh, Sydney. And uh, it inspired the poem. And I'm going to read that poem today. It's called Sydney. The pace of the self-involved city that tilts on its own axis, that rises and falls like sun on the walls of its skyscrapers and bottom dwellers alike, until everyone is one, a single shade squinting in its bright tinsel lights, from harbor to shore, from the tufts of feathers under each wing to where it flies away to be an obscure city, no one knows, an exotic city. But our city, a collective voice for artists and poets, cafes and bistros that live, line the streets, gay bars full of pride, tourists who become residents for weeks, months, years, some stay on, find identity, meaning, hope, love. And workers who work deep into the night, nine to nine, sometimes more. In the lanes that meander and curve, ride mountains, 
trains and crowds jostling deep into the throbbing veins of the city, at once bold, at once subdued. Here somewhere, while taking a breather, I met a man who called himself a Sydney boy. He shrugged when I asked what that was like. And the womb of the city fills and spills languages, accents and sounds that burge on like a cloud over its expanse. You can hear someone speak, but you can't always speak back. So you nod, a brisk, curt nod and move on. Where? Here somewhere to stand under the shade of a tolling building, to get back to life from bus, train, bus, stop to office or home shops and then back again. On another day, I met an old lady by the fountain in Hyde Park. She ducked when I clicked the picture, a stray shot in which she wasn't meant to be. Realizing this, she smiled, told me a story of parting, of strangeness, of swells of the sea that brought her here, of having felt welcome in a city that embraces everyone. Sydney was her country, a home away from home. Take a picture now, she said, as I took leave. An old city lies dormant underneath the bustling exterior, underneath the new, shiny, glistening, bright clear, revealing herself to explorers who have a little more time and patience. Then she slows down and lets you catch her crumbling walls, her little nooks and crannies, dark alleys, age-old hideouts. She shows you her secrets, and little by little, she grows on you. Thank you. That piece, that piece was dope. It was so very like, it was so easy going. It was like, you, you have this ability to just tell a story, but not just tell the story, but also forcefully grab the attention of those who are listening and really and just you just once you're once you're engaged you just lose yourself within that story like that was that was very beautiful oh thank you i always wanted to go to sydney and i thought um it was every bit what i imagined it to be and um many people have different perspectives i thought um i could create a poem that sort of gathered all these different perspectives so that's that's what inspired the beast. I'm glad you did. Thank you. Soul Reserve, um, I, I I I say this to you every week, um, but again, just a, just another testimony to your um, diverse uh, literary talents here. Um, you're you're able i mean this was the first piece that i think you've read as, as long as you know i've been listening to your work that was that was really truly narrative 100 percent narrative driven um not that it didn't have introspection in it but it was it was so driven by the images and the picture you were trying to convey it was like a portrait and um it was absolutely unbelievable it was just as effective as your other work except now it was telling a story. Um, it was a hybrid prose poetry um, journey. And um, I would love to hear you write fiction. I would love to see what you do with that because I have no doubt it would be, it would be 
like a, a beautiful, long, epic, poetic odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't quite tried my hand at uh, writing anything more than just poetry. So yes, and but I have joined a writer's group uh, with the intention to do something more with my writing. So hopefully there there will be something coming soon. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you, Jonathan. Of course. Yeah, that's what's up. I can't wait to, to see what what wonderful material you come out with. So when you when you are done and ready with that, please bring it back so we can uh, listen to it or just put it on your, your Tumblr so we all can just read it. Oh, absolutely. I'll do that. All right. So next up, Ali, if you are ready, the floor is yours. I'm actually just listening today, so. Of course, yeah, no problem. Yeah, you guys are doing great though. All right, so Phil, if you are good and ready to go, the floor is yours. Um, I might not be able to go today, maybe at the end, but just I'm kind of still at work. Gotcha. All right. If anything, just uh, just let me know when you're good, and then we'll put you in rotation. All right. So, Pinky, if you have anything prepared for us tonight, the floor is yours. Hello. I'm gonna um, read you a poem about depression. Um, so it's about one of my friends and. I'm a medical student, but um, she's also one, and she's been struggling with depression for the past year or so, but it feels quite frustrating from my perspective because it was really like hard for me to help her. And so this is about that. You say you're okay, but clearly you're not. Melancholy settles around your shoulder like a shrug. I imagine it must be heavy. You move slower, your stance not as proud, your voice not as loud. I wish I could just live up this depressive cloud. I try though. I pass out my hand first, then a torch and a letter to help you out of this deep dark hole. I get frustrated because you refuse to move. And then I feel guilty for feeling frustrated when I discover your poor hands tied tightly behind your back, a thick blindfold around your eyes. I have to remind myself this isn't about you. This isn't about me, it's about you. I miss your bright smile, the sparkle in your eyes. Nowadays I catch you staring into empty space, dead dancing around in your broken eyes, smugly as if to say, look, I'm winning. God, I hate your depression. It makes me question my future profession. If I can't help my closest friend, how am I supposed to help strangers? Again, I have to remind myself, this isn't about me, it's about you. And I am here for you. I'll listen if you ever feel like talking, but it's also okay if you never do. We can sit in silence watching cheesy rom-coms while I get us some popcorn. I've learned to slowly spin my guilt into patience, frustration into understanding. Hopefully one day 
you'll be able to help yourself. Because at the end of the day, this isn't about me, it's about you. That's it. I like that piece a lot, Pinky. Um, that was, uh, it, it was, it was a very, um, it was a very stark portrait of not just depression, but how a person copes with someone they care about having depression. And I, I, I've actually currently in a situation like that with one of my relatives. And I, 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 I really, um, I really identified with what, with, with, with some, with that struggle, that back and forth. And, um, your poem encapsulated that so well. Um, mm -hmm. really, really excellent. Thank you. Yeah, that that piece it really paints a picture of how depression really affects somebody within our relationship, not just necessarily boyfriend girlfriend, but like friends. Um, it, it really takes a toll, not just on the person who is suffering from the, from the depression, but the other person who has to stand there and watch and try to figure out what they can do to help out the situation. So I think yeah. you, painted, you painted a very, very good in-depth picture. Thank you. All right, so Kay, if you are ready, you may go ahead. Okay, one sec. So I'm still kind of working on it. Um, it's just, I've dealt with a lot of traumas in my life. Um, and for a long time, um, as I think everyone knows now that I'm a recovering addict, and um, for a long time, like I knew how to get clean. It was really easy. You know, you, I'd go to rehab and fixed, right? But then I'd get out of rehab and something traumatic or a memory would come up of something that I didn't even know was um, hurting me. And this time around, I was finally able to, you know, really take life head on and not allow my addiction to be stronger than my power to live. And this is kind of about the PTSD aspect. Memories that I didn't know, I had buried, left to be unknown. With every flashback, perfectly tucked away as the unknown waited to play. A horror disguised as kind with darkness I had undermined. My eyes opened wide. I was ready for what I wished were lies. It crept up slowly with just a word, creating fears of what had occurred. One caused a snowball effect, trauma after trauma, taking all I had left. With several skeletons to be unburied, I became a conqueror of every worry. Finding courage needed, I left this cemetery with the past left for dead, I took my, back my control, never again to be played a fool. Memories I now know were hidden until I was ready to grow. No longer numbing the buried, the weight of the demons were no longer carried. And that's the end of that. Okay, I, I feel like you could, you could like almost like, um, you could create like a like a volume of work like around your experiences and what you've done and they would tell a story and i and i mean that in like such a great way like whenever you read like your your poems about like your experience and you know how how you've overcome all these battles uh i i feel like it just lends itself to something that like over an overarching amount of, of pieces, you know, there's, or rather I should say over, an, uh, you know, an, 
numerous pieces there's this overarching story that's being told i feel like every single poem you tell is a different angle of what you experience and that's really really cool and it's really profound so i just i don't know i i really like what you're doing with you know how you're going about it thank you yeah it's actually um the idea that i have um is to create a a book of addiction and like because I wrote while I was in rehab. That's when I started getting back into it this last time. And so I have, you know, all these different poems from the beginning to like the struggles within and then, you know, feeling like I'm on this pink cloud and then it back to like terrible. And then, you know, just trying to keep my stability. And that's literally a, a plan I have is to be able to bring those to um, rehabs and then people will understand it a little bit better and maybe find help faster than I was able to. I think it's a great idea and it's your work is really powerful so it's going to be really effective. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I second that. Um, I think that would be wonderful. Um, just being a beacon of, of hope or, you know, hey, if I, if I did it, you can do it too. I think a lot of people need that type of support. Um, so I think that would be a really good idea. Hopefully you can get it out there, you know, possibly start changing people's lives. Thank you. That, that really means a lot to me. You guys have no idea how much I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. All right, so next up, Rudy, if you are ready, the floor is yours. All right. Guys, hear me? guys can you guys hear me well? Yeah, we can hear you. So this piece I'm about to read, I wasn't, originally I wasn't going to read anything, I was just going to listen, but given what everybody was shared, I just wanted to share a piece that I, I posted on the Discord like a few weeks ago, and it's about dealing with my mother's death and the, the trauma that it instilled and what it took for like where I am now and how I deal with it. And well, the way my mother you know, passed away, my mother was a victim of suicide. So I'm kind of writing about on that aspect and how it affected me a little bit. All right. It's hard to look around knowing you're no longer here. I made a promise to myself that I will no longer shed a tear. When you decided that this world had no need for you, you had no idea of your worth and what I would do for you. But life is complicated especially when the death is involved, how a dark experience and emotion can mold a man and make him evolve. I laid my head down at night, hoping to never wake up because you're only alive in my dreams and I miss your love. I once held a knife to my neck, wanting to end the pain, but froze up and started to cry. My cold tears echoed your name. I couldn't take my own life as much as I wanted to. I know I had, I know I said no more tears, but I can't help it every time I think of you. I won't cry anymore. I came to terms with what occurred. A boy shouldn't be without his mother, but I forgive you even though I'm still hurt. Questions left unanswered. So many things I don't understand, but I forgive you for your suicide because that pain forced this boy to become a man. And that's all. Rudy, wow, man, that was that was raw and a legit punch to the gut, but in a in a, in, in a real you know powerful, incredible way. Um, 
I, uh, I give you so much credit for being able to talk about this in such a, um, you know, with poetic license, uh, with also with being, you know, and so forthright though at the same time. Um, I mean, you conveyed it so well and so, um, you know, again, just, it was really raw. And I, I, I tend to love that kind of poetry. Um, and uh, I, I mean, absolutely, absolutely tragic and, but yet wonderfully conveyed, man. Absolutely. Yeah, and like, like I said, it's been like, what, like almost like close to seven or eight years now. And it took a lot for a long time as it was a tender wound, but like, you know, as you move forward, you're forced to grow, you're forced to accept it. And then it's just, now it's like the more you speak on it, the message I want to tell is like, check on your parents, check on your, especially your parents. They wear a cape for us in doing everything for us, but we don't know where they're at mentally. You know, just because they're our, from our mother or father or whatever the case might be, they have underlying childhood trauma that they haven't dealt with. And I come from an Hispanic household and for, for a long time, depression was never really thought of as in existence. It was laughed, that was a joke about. And it's definitely not, it's very serious. It's a very serious thing. It's like always important to check on those around you. Even if they are, they, they pull on a cape, they're dealing with something as well. Just it's always important to do. And that's what I learned from that experience and moving forward is just that always got to check in on them because even though they are our providers, they are, they have gone through something as well. And it's okay you know, to talk about it. And for a parent, it's always hard for them to turn to their child or whatever the case might be. But it's always important to check up on them. Absolutely. That, that uh, incredible, incredible work, Rudy. Seriously. Thank you. Just as a final comment, um, I'd like to say that this was just a great example of when we talk about this being a safe space and that no topic is off limits and everything is honored. Th this is what we mean. Uh, last week, I think we had a little bit of fun with someone's um, recreational use of um, some hallucinogenics, but um, we really do mean that your stories are your stories. So if you ever feel the need to express something or tell a story or go through an experience, nothing's off limits. Like I'm, being in the black community, you know, mental illness and the like are also very taboo and not talked about. So we want to take that, oh, we want to kill that stigma and be able to be vulnerable exactly. and have these experiences so we can help and heal. Right. And like, I was, like I said, my original, I wasn't going to read today. I just wanted to listen, but given what everybody was sharing, I'm like, you know, let me just throw this out there as well. Well, well, we definitely appreciate you throwing that out there. Um, that piece was deep. Um, I have, I had a friend who you know was a victim of suicide as well, and it's, it's. I think the thought of it itself is it's 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 hard to really understand, like the amount of pain somebody is dealing with to get them to that level where they feel like that's the only option out of that pain. Um, it's, 
it's a scary thought to be honest with you like i i don't know it's it's just it's hard to comprehend but uh, i think what you had presented to us tonight was really good um i really felt every word and every emotion um within that piece so just want to thank you for that Okay, so next up, Alex, if you're ready, floor is yours, man. All right, thank you very much. I uh, joined a little bit uh, a little bit late here, so I apologize for that. <laughs> but um, I have a piece here um, that I'm going to share. I actually just wrote it. Um, I was encountering some uh, thoughts earlier in regards to the situation. It's just really what influenced me to write it. Uh, the poem is called Sometimes. Sometimes I love too hard. The idea of love sounds far, but I envision it close. Sometimes my mind and heart fight with no sight of an agreement. I see this and sigh. The truth, the truth is I know the answer, but it's never so easy to admit. There are things I want to do amidst these troubling times. Sometimes my mind finds ways to fantasize about problems far away. I'm sure it's only human. Sometimes I sit alone unsure of who to call or who to hold. In these times, I must hold myself. Sometimes I forget that love must come from yourself, not from others. Still, I expect so much from my brothers. Romanticism is beautiful and at times flawed. It can be the cause of so much pain. Sometimes it will drive us insane. Sometimes it is the fuel that moves this train. End. Hey, Alex. Uh, good to good to good to hear from hear from you, dude. Um, this was this was this was a this was this was a like an amazing piece. Um, it was really really. Um, it was it was sad but but just so so you know real it was this was a really a really real piece <laughs> um it, no um it was it was it was just it was um it spoke to me and i think everybody has experienced the, this type of this these types of emotions um i think it's um a very common sort of thing where you know you um, you, you, you question that act of, of, or that need of, of, of finding someone or affection or having, having that per, you know, having a person in your life or needing that connection and struggling to maintain it. Uh, this was, this was, this was beautiful work, Alex, as always, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, Alex, that was that was a really good piece. Um, tonight has just been full of really deep and really personal uh, pieces. And I'm glad that you were able to come in and just add to it. Thank you. Uh, honestly, I had uh, thought about whether or not I wanted to join him tonight. And I'm glad I did. 
Well, we're glad that you came. All right. Um, so going back up again to the top of the list, uh, it is my turn. Um, I do have a piece that um, I just wrote today. Actually, it's a, a collaboration piece. Um, I believe the person's name on Tumblr is Jargonfly. Uh, so if you want to check out his uh, his work, I'll put his handle in the group chat. Um, we haven't put a title to this piece yet. Uh, look, like when I tell you that we just, I literally just finished it up not too long ago. Really not too long ago. Um, so here I go. It's late at night and I'm alone at home, wondering if you're out putting someone's number in your phone. It's 11.54 and I'm dying each minute sipping my glass with some whiskey in it. I'm wondering, how can you be so horrible to me? Four sips later at 12.03, I care for you. You're the one I adore. One more sip at 12.04, it's 12.15, and I'm drunk off, sorry, it's 12.15 and I'm drunk on worry. The room is spinning and my vision is blurry. Late night gatherings of consistent reminders are interrupted by the vibrations of incoming messages of questioning infidelities, subliminally detailing insecurities, passionately redirecting the developing imagery of what if, am I who she thinks I am? The night whispers as the moon observes, outside my window I can hear her every word. The hands of time goes around a clock's face, like mine, emotionless. Fed up with counting on fate. She knows I love her, but yet her trust continues to stretch as she works out the kinks of how and why she thinks what she thinks. I'm on the brink of depression from the repression of my personal progression. But with every step taken lies a lesson, something important to digest. Truthfully speaking, I know it's something I must confess. She is my heart, my love, and I apologize for the addition of her mounting stress and that's the end of that that i love i loved it storm uh that was that was that was really crazy good um so like how how could you explain a little bit about the collaboration i'm because i'm curious about the theming and what you know what you guys agreed on and how you came about it so with the with the collaboration, um, we, me and him were kind of, because the thing is, like, I told him that I just wanted to take a break from what I was typically writing, and I wanted to force myself to look from a different perspective. So I let him pick the topic, and I let him start, and I would just, and I just followed up with whatever, wherever he left off. Um, so. I just tried to put myself within the mindset of the poem from his his perspective. Um, I'm not too sure exactly what um, the the thesis of the piece was, um, but I'm assuming you know from what he wrote, it was more about like worrying thoughts, like some type of. Uh, not, not, I don't want to say mistrust, but, you know, just doubtful thoughts. So I kind of just took that little element that I got from it and just kind of just ran with it.
Oh, no, I mean, that makes sense, man. I mean, it was really interesting because um, I like uh, I like hearing about collaborations because um, I always want to know like how how the other poet feels trying to get into the mind of another poet. It's it's just an interesting thing. But I think you did an amazing job, though, man. I mean, it was it was really well written and, and you felt it. It was it felt really genuine. Yeah, I've been yeah. like the, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say that I very much like the piece. It's very relatable. Um, you know, a lot of people they, they worry about things that sometimes you can't really control and it's human to do so. And you know, I really felt it. Nah, definitely. It's um it's 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 something that I mean, like you said, is very relatable, and I I believe that everybody at some point has felt that way before. Um, whether it's you know something that is triggered from uh, you know a, from the past, or you know just stepping into some new situation that it may be unfamiliar to you, um, it's only um, it's only humanly right for you to question certain things all right so with that being said uh rich it goes right back to you man all right um i'm going to do a bit of a toothpaste thing and i've done this in the past so got a coin i've got an older piece that i wrote probably three four years ago set up but Based on and uh, based on what Rudy had uh, written earlier, I, I just got like a, like two lines stuck in my head, and I can try to pull the trigger on an impromptu piece um, of a similar vein. But uh, so heads, we go with the uh, pre-recorded piece. Tails, we try to make some magic. Tales it is. All right, this one may be rough both in delivery and in uh, who cares about the content. Dad, I'm strong because I have your blood in my veins, but I can't hear the voice anymore, so maybe I need to have the blood on the outside, but you know, 3 a.m. comes real quick when you don't stop all the other things. And there's a good thing that there's a mirror in the kitchen, so I have to look at myself when I say these things. It's a good thing that I have to look at myself when I play with the knives. And trust me, I don't have scars. There are no marks. Believe me. The self-control is one of the greatest things you ever taught me. It was to take a breath and measure the shot. Man, how did basketball save me from all the ugly things? Dad, I'm strong because I got your blood in my veins, but sometimes when the voice is really quiet, I don't feel the pumping. I don't feel the beat. Sometimes I'm a dead man walking because everything's an out-of-body experience and this life isn't my own, but it is my own. And I've seen how it weaves its way into other people's lives. Why can't I be happy about those journeys? It's been 
in ugly, 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 almost 16 years or so. Man, I was so young and so ready to live my life to make you proud. And then I started not making you proud, or so my thoughts would make me think. But maybe... Maybe I'm getting closer to being happy because, man, I don't take compliments well. Actually, I don't take compliments at all. I re-gift them and give them to other people without the people who gave me letting them know. Because trust me, if you re-gift the compliment, man, it's an insult. And I got to stop insulting people with the way I live my life because I do good things. I'm a good person who does good things. Or maybe I'm just a bad person with bad thoughts who does good actions. So maybe that equals it out. Maybe if heaven is real, I'll get in by the skin of my teeth, which isn't much. Dad, I'm strong because I have your blood in my veins. The end. That was, like, so good. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's a lot. I, it's deep. It's awesome. I, I love the man. It, it brought tears to my eyes, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a very heavy um, emotion behind it, and I, I think it's very relatable in, in a lot of senses. Probably. Rich, again, this is like, th this, this, this poem was off the chart, man. It was unbelievable, and being extemporaneous, um, it it absolutely floored me. I mean, talk about a mic drop. This was this was this was legit. Um, I I really really felt that um, the whole dynamic about you know being a son and dealing with a father. Um, I related to a lot of the things you were saying. It was. It was it was it was unbelievable, man. And and your your delivery skill, even with an extemporaneous piece, is still second to none. Just it, really, this was this was this was this was a highlight for me, man. Absolutely. All right. So just just the the quick background on that. Uh, so my father died of colon cancer after battling it for maybe a little over a year. And he actually died on my 13th birthday. I didn't find out until I got home from school that day. Um, but leading, leading up to that, I would actually, um, since I knew he was in the hospital, like I knew he was sick. I knew that there were problems and you know, like there, there was a possibility that I would wake up and not see him. For about a little over a week, I would go to sleep and literally imagine what it would be like to wake up and not have him there in terms of preparation. Because literally um, one of like the things he always like taught me was, you know, uh, being prepared, like mentally visualizing things, like, like not letting things stop you. And I'll often say that I grieved wrong. I mean, grief is its own animal, but I think I I didn't allow certain things to actually grieve. And I think that is a process I still work with. So yeah, that's the backstory. Very sorry about that, Rich, but I, I mean it, you turned it into amazing art. 
I mean, you know, I, I remember you sharing another piece with us that that dealt with with what had happened uh, to your dad and what you went through, and um, it, it seems to evoke such powerful pieces in you. Um, so, uh, I I mean, just really amazing work. Yeah, that that piece definitely um, definitely was deep, and then the backstory behind it just kind of like amplified it even more. Um, I mean, I know I've said this already tonight, but like these pieces are really just putting things in perspective for me. And it's just, it's, it's like, it's a mirror image of my own thoughts um, just being said in different ways and very impactful. And I just, and, you know, I just appreciate you guys taking the time to really share these personal pieces. All right, so next up, Jonathan, if you are ready, it's your turn. Thanks, Jay. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm gonna share, I think just one more piece tonight, because um, I've been, I've been kind of slacking with my, with my writing. Uh, but, um, and, I, and I usually only like to share pieces if I know that I, I, I would, if I would publish them to my Tumblr, let's put it that way. Um, this piece I actually did write today. Um, and a, a quick backstory. Um, I wrote this um, in response to um, my, a lot of people in my group of friends um, outside uh, the poetry artistic realm are all really, really nerdy guys. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I preface it with that because um, a lot of them um, have had a lot of struggles in their life with loneliness and trying to find somebody. and. Um, and now I find myself in this strange situation where out of this group um, of friends that I've had since I was in high school, and we're all now in our 30s, and um, I, I am now the one, the only one who's married. And um, I feel like sometimes they're looking at me as if like, I don't understand their pain anymore, or I don't understand where they come from anymore. And the odd thing is that it couldn't be farther from the truth. And so that's what this poem is about. Um, this poem is called Often Lonely. If only he had known, I too was often lonely, despite that hollow discourse having silence seem less dull, as speech grew into noise from those vague and stuttered whispers, said like hymns obscenely mentioned in their brave yet quiet trance, keeping sadness always hushed, hiding doubts behind its pretense, with each prayer believing moments between phrases made most sense. Learning meaning spurned all men whose redemption proved unworthy, pacing idly towards forgiveness, feeling angry faith grew forced. When demanding love win wars, thinking friendship solved most problems, finding marriage, cherished partners drawn together by death's glance. Sharing daydreams still obsessed, Stalling time for some odd reason, trading theories, never questioned, answered swiftly, come defeat. Upon facing God's true wrath, within rooms you wished were open, chasing chaos caused discreetly through what peace closed doors can sell. Since forever runs on grief, choosing anguish, solace offers, while tomorrow chances equal, our seclusion grants us fear. 
and that's that's that. Oh, John, your wordplay um, is is phenomenal, man. And it it really reaches um, a lot of emotions in this one because uh, a lot of people think that just because you have a lot of people around you, or even if you just have a spouse, that you know automatically you're not lonely or that you don't feel that way sometimes. But loneliness doesn't just come from being alone. You know, sometimes it comes from not being able to you can love yourself and some kind of ways whatever it may be um but it definitely reached me and and i love it it's great oh thank thank you alex i appreciate that yeah it's 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 funny because they you know i i've I've reconnected with a lot of people old like friends you know indirectly because of my wedding and i i always get that sense that there's that they there's this almost this disconnect like i'm not part of the club anymore if that makes sense and uh that's what that's what that's where this piece sort of stems from yeah there's a line in that piece that i'm that really hit um like i'm trying to wrap my mind around it i mean i get well at least for my interpretation of it um I think it was you said something like our seclusion grants us fear, um, and if if that is correct, I, I feel like that's a very powerful uh, thing to say because there's a lot of truth in that. Thanks, Storm. Yeah, I, 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 I did say that. Yeah, it's it's like it's the idea that at the end of the day, you know, I I, I there's one line at the end where you know. Um, you know, anguish, you know, forever, the idea of forever with another person is based, is really based on the anguish that solace will ultimately give you when you lose it. You always are under the gun or the threat of losing it. So I don't like when people feel like I don't understand that fear anymore because I do. And being, being human, the nature of being human and being secluded in our own minds, in our given situations, in, in, in everything, in every capacity, in our own mortality, that grants us fear on a daily basis. And it, it binds us all. And, that, and that's, 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 that's what I was, yeah, that was like the whole last stanza. No, that was really good, though. I appreciate that one. That was a good share right there. Thank you. All right, so next up, Kay, if you have any more material for us tonight, the floor is yours. I don't, but thank you. I'm excited for next week. Definitely no problem, no problem. All right, so Reserve, if you have anything for us more tonight, the floor is yours. Um, yes, I do. It's a shorter piece. Um, it's called self-appraisal, and uh, it's a poem I wrote about reacquainting with yourself uh, as you go through this whole period of self-isolation and um, social distancing. Um, so again, self-appraisal. When did this heart break? I can see the chips and cracks, fractures like veins on an ancient misused planter. When did the skin change texture? Like snakeskin, shed and shed again, 
shed again, and now it feels strange and papery under my fingertips. When did I grow ponds, lush with lotus, sparkling with koi, wild and thriving inside these eyes? When did my sound change, like fragments of summer and sunflowers, berry and dew, ripe but uneaten? When did these roots outstretch and plant me down safely, firmly in the confines of my thoughts, my beliefs, my hopes and dreams? And now, as I sway in a new light, uprooted, unplanted, I touch new ground. Finding myself all over again, I unfurl, settle, grow accustomed. Thank you. I feel like you should uh, make some books that have just pictures in them and sell them with your voice on the side so people can just like look at the books with your voice. It's just, I feel like you can tell a really great story. Oh, thank you so much. Um, it, it, this, this actually is so sweet. Um, this particular night, I, I look forward to hearing from everyone here every night and it has meant so much. I think I've grown so much in my confidence and just, just reading more of my words. Thank you so much. You're really great and really supportive. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So reserve that. I, 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 I agree with what Natasha said, like, uh, you, 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 like, you really should, um, you, you could you you paint mosaics or or even impressionistic paintings with your words that that's really how it seems to me it's you know you you are you are crafting these very delicate and intricate canvases um your your word your word your your words are are very they're vivid they're 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 very image driven and that that alone um I think speaks again to your ability and what you, you know, your, you know, your voice as a writer, uh, it's so distinct. Um, just absolutely beautiful. I feel like, I feel like your, your poem could go underneath, uh, you know, a painting at the, at the, at the Met or MoMA, you know, <laughs> that's what it, what it feels like. Just awesome. Not the Met. <laughs> not, not the Met has some good stuff. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not there yet. But yeah, um, thank you so much again. There's so much warmth. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. One thing that I like about your, your, your poetry, me, I'm very, I like, I like imagery and I try my best to write um, with a lot of imagery in my pieces and I feel like your pieces really just pull me in because I mean like I said I love it, imagery and your pieces is just nothing but imagery so definitely um definitely good work with the pieces that you write thank you so much um there there is a slight trick if I can share it um it's basically um whenever you experience something, if, if you can note down um, certain words that resonate with that picture that you have in mind um, and create kind of a word cluster and then use it in your poem every time you want to evoke that feeling, 
Um, but for that, you'll have to keep a journal and then uh, look at words that fit into that pattern every time. Just, just a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually glad that you said that because I kind of use, uh, I kind of do the same thing when it comes to uh, certain pictures that I'm trying to paint. Um, I think that's a very clever, very um, productive way of really fine tuning your uh, your poetry when it comes to um, introducing like imagery to it. Right. It's it's about um, having a mental picture and being able to convey that mental picture, and uh, I feel it gets done when when you have emotions and uh, certain words evoke certain emotions always. So um, whatever you can align with that emotion, um, those words, just, just pick them, use them, and you'll see that it, it actually makes sense. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you again. Well, thank you for sharing and thank you for giving out uh, words of wisdom there and tips. All right, so with that being said, Phil, if you are ready, sir, Okay. Um, yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Phil. Um, and okay, so this poem I have for you. All right, I guess not. <laughs> um, let, let him hop back on. You know his internet is... Um, yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, we'll, yeah, let's go on to the next one, and then we'll pluck him in right we'll, after. We'll pluck him back in. All right. Um, Pinky, I don't know if you have any other pieces to share tonight, but if you do, floor is yours. I have an old piece to share. It's called Home. Oh, darling girl, you marvel at the comfort you find in the arms of men. When they pull you closer and squeeze you tight, the rest of the wall fades away, and you claim it's the same as you felt. It feels like home. Can't you see how dangerous that is, making homes out of strangers, attaching a concept of such importance to something as fickle as another human's heart? So don't act surprised when they leave and your whole world crumbles. Pick up those pieces, start from scratch again. But this time, please, I beg you, build a solid foundation from within your own heart. That's it. The same is like, you know, my opinion is the same thing for you. Like your voice is amazing as well. I feel like there should just be like this, uh, art museum and your, <laughs> um, that your voice and soul reserves voice just speak like people are looking at things and just hearing your voice it would just be like so peaceful and amazing and calming and stuff thank you that means a lot high yeah high praise for the international branch of red mdv influence <laughs> yeah natasha is so right that's that's just your voices are kind of entrancing in that way. It's very nice, but uh, as well, the poem was beautiful and very uh, to the core in some sense, uh, especially the ending line. 
um, which I, I don't know why uh, it, it just escapes me now for a second. But uh, building from the home, I think that's what you said, and that's yeah. that's what we all need to do at times. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, Pinky, your your work is sort of the perfect complement in a way to Soul Reserves. You know, echoing what everybody else said, it's almost like. You know where where Soul Reserve plays so well with 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 images, warm images. You your whole platform, it seems like like your your specialty, I should say, that you that you 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 focus on, it seems, is um, emotional complexities and relationship um, relationship dynamics. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I I I I I love that because you know that. That's the beauty of right there. This is the, this is, you know, it's literally, you know, seeing the beauty of poetry and the wide landscape of things it can cover um, and how all voices, all voices are valid and offer such extremely unique perspectives on given situations and everyone expresses it through a different lens. And, and this, this poem um, was, again, it was a beautiful compliment to all the other pieces we, you know, we read tonight and to, to see how, you know, you filter it. Um, it was really, really awesome as usual. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with everybody and with, with what everybody has said. Um, I felt like the way that you ended that that piece really just kind of like, kind of like full circle, full yeah, full circle. It just it 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 ended up very nicely, and I think I don't think there could have been any other better way for you to really put a stamp or a period at the end of that because I think it was well written and uh, well put together. Thank you. All right. So with that being said. Uh, Alex, if you are ready with another piece, the floor is yours. Yes, thank you very much. Um, the piece I'm going to read is actually a, a much older piece. Um, I, I believe I may have wrote it somewhere around 2015 or 2016. Um, but the title of it is um, Ashes on Phoenix. Uh, the, the influence behind it at the time, I was feeling uh, very uh, depressed and down. And it was kind of my way of trying to bring myself back up. Um, but anyways, uh, here it is. The autumn leaves have fallen, and this flame wilted to ash. Never have I had an escape so solid. After it all, it was over in a flash. It's nothing but a shell, a golem, and this existence a putrid rash. They scream, please don't fall in, but I have fallen, and like a phoenix reborn from my ash. From whence I came, I shall never return. I am born anew to finish what couldn't be. I am not scared of fire, I shall not burn. And now to face what I could never see. As I go, I see it is my turn. Now tell me, why have you chosen me? He said in hopes that he could unlock his mind. Waiting for the key, though blind now, I will soon be able to see. End. That was extremely powerful. Um, I've been like, like tearing up this whole session. That's why I haven't been on much. Um, it's just, I've been feeling really down in the dumps um, for quite a while. And um, you guys are just renewing my hope. So thank you.
Thank you. Like yeah. I said, um, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm so I'm sorry, Jay. I was just gonna say really quick, Alex. You know, your your work is always always killing it per usual, man. Incredible, and also uh, seriously, um, this was this was a really powerful piece uh, as always. And um, I, I, I just, I, I, I'm always so impressed with how you capture such really um, hard, you know, concepts or feelings or things that are difficult for people to talk about, but you say them in such a, in such a matter of fact way. It's, it's so refreshing and just so wonderful. I, I love it. Thank you, Jonathan. Pieces like what we've heard so far tonight, I feel like it's like the prime example of what I've been saying from the beginning of all this. Um, poetry is very therapeutic and, you know, coming together, you know, once a week to really vibe on different frequencies to put our emotions and our deepest thoughts out there just to let other people know not only what we feel, but that anybody else who may feel that same way that they are not alone. Um, so I, I just thank you guys, everybody who has participated, who have listened to, or who just have thrown in um, their comments. Um, you know, you, this is therapy and that's all that it really is. So. Um, you know, a round of applause for everybody. All right, so Phil, we were waiting for you to come back in now that you're in, floor is yours. Yes, uh, okay, sorry everyone. There's just much, much storm here and it keeps fucking up shit. Um, before I, I go, I just want to say, like, yeah, thank you guys all so much for, like, sharing your, your like, deep stuff. Like, uh, like it's, yeah, it's just, it's really good for me. Um, <clears throat> okay, with that being said, um, this uh, next poem uh, of mine is based on... Uh, nothing serious whatsoever. Just some random shit that came out of the top of my head. Um, oh, and it was for it was for a, uh, a poetry prompt, and the thing was like sirens. <clears throat> okay, here it goes. The sirens sound super far away. I hope they're okay. I pray. I hope it's not too bad. I hope no gods are mad. It's sad enough. Times are tough these days. No way to know except to follow the noise. So I say, let's go to my first mates and boys. It felt good to chase the pretty flashy sirens. Got on the ears like Mary Shelley and Byron. Time went by. The boys were cheering lit. All was good until I realized I was steering a ship. Crash, we hit rocks. The ball bashed, done stopped. One man had a seizure, some gray gave soft cries as we were beset by creatures with glowing yellow eyes. They were the ones singing siren sounds. 
I knew this as some other, as I saw some other broken ships around. The sirens began to climb aboard. Some cowards jumped ship. Some begged to the Lord. But that's not my style. I smile like a crocodile and pull out my Uzi I haven't used in a while. My gun blasts like a blaster, faster than my bars. I shot a few past Jupiter until they splattered on Mars. I'm the Bolshevik of this ship. You're ain't nothing but SARS. I let that shit rip until my wake-up alarm. Now I gotta go to work to get money. I gotta deal with irate males. I gotta stop dropping LSD and reading about pirate tales. And that's the end. Phil, dude, this was this was really this was really cool. Um, I want to ask you a question about the sirens. Um, so, because because I I know for me, ever since everything that's been going on in the world, um, every time I hear sirens, and I and I hear them very frequently in my neighborhood, I always. I always pause to think and wonder if the if 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 whatever that that vehicle is responding to the person is okay. I always stop and do that myself. Is that is that kind of like what I think like spawned this idea in your mind? Yeah, yeah, uh, and like that was the thing. Like uh, they they posted the prompt or whatever. They're like sirens. I was like, okay everybody's gonna do the you know like the side i get it you know like it's now you know a huge time of like political upheaval and of course i'm a very political guy myself so it's like okay you know the obvious thing for phil to do is just to come in with his like whatever trotsky marx bullshit and do some bullshit about that but like okay what if you were to start with that and then like oh you know i hope they're okay in this and then it just turns into like a ridiculous pirate fantasy with Uzis and stuff. It was a lot of fun, man. I liked it a lot, but it had, it had, it had a lot of like, it had a lot of meaning to it too, though. Like it was, I, I think it was, I think that's really cool. Like, again, like I always like how you play with these images. Like some, some may be like quote unquote, like, you know, almost like a absurd magical realism kind of thing, but then you, but then you you know you always balance it out with some sort of like meaningful theme though, and I and I always really appreciate that, man. Ah, thank you. Yeah. So one thing I well a couple of things I just want to say. Um, well, first thing I want to give a shout out to Helen because she um, was the creator of that prompt. Um, so definitely want to shout out and thank for her for coming up with that idea. Uh, secondly, Phil, I mean, what more can be said? I mean, Phil the rapper, you know what I'm saying? So like that piece was really good. Like it was, it was like you said, you started off one way and ended it a different way. But even with the way the ending switched, the subject matter still remained the same. And I think that was pretty cool that he was able to pull that off. Thanks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it can't all be gloom and Marxism. Like, you know, it's, it's, every now and then you got to have fun. Oh, of course, definitely. Especially with the nonsense we're dealing with. You, you have to find some type of light in, you know, whatever darkness that you're in. So definitely a good example of that one. 
And like I was, I, I watched this like interview where it was like these like uh, uh, two like Holocaust survivors. Like I can't remember on which like some British station or something. And they're like making these. Every time he gets going. <laughs> uh, all right, but he'll be back. Batman and the Apollo. Ah, <laughs> uh, he'll be back. He'll be back. All right, so going right back around to the top of the list again. Um, it is my turn. So this next piece here, uh, this was also, I believe it was a prompt that Helen had came up with. Um, don't remember the name of it, but I titled it A Fighter's Creed. Um, or maybe it wasn't, I'm not too sure, but either way, that's the name of the title there. Um, so let me begin. A Fighter's Creed is not one made to believe, but is said to achieve. If given my all, I'll surpass and break through any walls to overcome any obstacle, realistic or impractical. If I cannot win, then to lose still doesn't become optional. Never will I surrender. A offensive mind can move as if a defender. Carefully planning, tenacious in my approach, constantly moving towards my goal. Every step back moves me a couple steps forward. Grueling and demanding regiments, my daily efforts pushes me. Ambitious in my strides, a fluctuating strategy always makes me come alive. It keeps me alert, separating what's useful from what doesn't work. If knocked down, I will get up and try again and again and again. A fighter's creed, I will defend. I will not go down without a fight because I'd rather die where I stand. And that's the end of that. Wow, Storm, that was really, really awesome, man. I, I really liked the depiction of like being relentless. Because sometimes that's just a trait that, you know, you can't teach. And it's one that's so important. The the line that you said, if winning isn't an option, uh, I'm, I'm probably skewing this, um, but if winning isn't an option, neither is losing. I feel that very much so because the only time you lose is when you quit on yourself. And I feel like that in part is a message in this. Yeah, you, you definitely nailed it on the head. And I mean, that's exactly what I was trying to go, trying to go for. Um, especially like with everything that's going on during these current times, like you, you can't just stop. I mean, we were having a conversation about this before um, the session started. And, you know, it, you, you just, what has started, not just outside or even within your own life, whatever has started, cannot stop it until you reach your end point as as hard as it may be as much as many obstacles and struggles that may come your way you need to pass whatever you are dealing with across that finish line in order for you to say that you did something yeah storm um that the, the, the that's like that resonates a lot with me um, I loved this piece. I loved it. And, 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 I, and I think the reason is that um, 
I, I'm a huge Rocky fan. And now, of course, Creed as well. Like, I'm a huge fan of the series. And people always ask me, why are you, you know, like, you know, why are, like, you are so obsessed with those movies? Because I'm not, like, the biggest sports person in the world. Um, and, and I think the reason is because it's the idea of fighting. It's the idea of what a fighter represents symbolically. You know, what, what these narratives about fighters say in your particular sense, in, in the personal context that you place this poem, um, it was it was so uh, well conveyed. You know the idea of being relentless and 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 how hard it is to weather a storm and to train yourself to take the proverbial blows. Um, I, I mean, I, I I loved it. I mean, I, I love the image. I love the sentiment, and it was it was it was beautiful. No, I definitely agree. And before we started tonight's session, I had made a list of certain pieces that I wanted to go over. And I was stuck between that one and um, another prompt, uh, one with the particular subject matter that um, Phil had recited before he had left. Um, and I felt that one fitted fit more into tonight's overall feel of no matter what you're dealing with you push through it regardless of what life has thrown your way you found some type of way to overcome whether it was loss of life or addictions uh personal demons stuff like that no matter what we were given we are still here and not only are we still here but we're able to speak about it so that's why i decided to go with that particular piece over uh what i had originally planned on doing absolutely man it was beautiful well said and and very powerful indeed with everything going on Amazing. Just, just amazing. Everything tonight has just really sparked that little bit of glimmering light that I needed. So for real, you guys are awesome. No, definitely, definitely. I, uh, tonight has been something else. I mean, every night has been amazing, but tonight definitely is uh, something else. All right, so it is 9.20, um, so as usual, that is the trigger for last rounds. Um, so what I will do, Rich, I will have you start it, and of course, once again, you will be the one who ends the show. So last round begins now, so Rich, whenever you're ready, close yours. All right, thank you, because I was going to be selfish and ask you for that anyway. Um, all right, so for this piece, um, so the prior round, this was the other option. This was, if I had flipped heads, this is what I would have read. Um, the title is called Rip the Flesh, Tear the Spirit, Salt the Rest. And it just goes off the theme of, you know, when you're in pain, there's never enough. So you might as well finish the whole job. <clears throat> Rip and tear, rip 
and tear, rip and tear. My heartstrings are sore, are sore, are sore from playing music all day. My lungs burn with the smoldering words that I left unsaid. My ribs rattle with the weary ghost of future lies. Rip and tear, rip and tear. My fingers are numb from the clacking of keys and unlocking of cellar doors, cause why not? My teeth chatter and chip, always anxious of the next wave of poison, though I drink it willingly. My eyes are darting from corner to corner, counting the shadows inside. It's endless. Rip and tear. I am soulless debris. I am withered confetti. I am inhuman shrapnel. Rip and tear. Until nothing remains. Until something remains. Until I remain. The end. That wow. piece, there, that piece was deep. The way it was delivered, the tone, the repetition, like that. That definitely like digs into you. It just, it definitely, it, it definitely grabs a hold of you. Um, that was, that was a wonderful piece. Very good. I, I, before anyone else says anything, I actually just looked up when I wrote it. I wrote that back in 2016. So the actual inspiration for that was Doom 2016. The, the video game. <laughs> uh, Doom Slayer. Wow, that was um, a really awesome piece. Um, I, I knew it uh, with Storm, very nice. Um, and this is just my own personal interpretation, um, but I, I love the repetition, rip and tear, rip and tear. Um, and at the end, when you say you remain, it almost made me feel like you're, you're digging to find yourself. I mean, maybe that, of course, like I said, it's my own interpretation, but regardless, I love it. Um, uh, that's not, that's not wholly um, off point. I think in general, and this is, be, me being retrospective because obviously I don't actually know what I was thinking back in 2016 outside of you know destruction and dismay but the idea of when you are sort of nihilistic and you just want everything around you to either suffer and crumble away you sort of get to the point where you're like mm, well maybe maybe something and then if if all else fails at least you can be the one left standing I see it. Yeah, whether it's positive or negative, you know, someone wants to sit upon a a throne of ashes. That's a very good insight. I appreciate that. Rich, oh man, uh, as as a as uh, as a as a as a fellow gamer, uh, that one, that one, that one. <laughs> let no let let no one ever say that video games can't inspire great things. Uh, it just um, that was awesome, uh, and it's so funny because when you were reading it, my insane fanboy mind was like, he, "It sounds like he's talking about you know, like Doom," <laughs> and it was it was 
but I, but you know, it's funny because I was reading it. I was reading into it so much more than that. I thought it was just like a passing thought, you know, but um, nonetheless, even still, um, despite like, you know, however the inspiration may be, there was so much meaning and truth in, in, in what you conveyed. And there was, I mean, as with everything, you, you know, you've written. So, uh, I, I mean, uh, I, I loved it. And I also loved your delivery of it. Really powerful the way you, you know, you, you broke it up and, and uh, delivered each line. It's awesome, man. Yeah, th thanks, John. Uh, not too many holes to fit, not too many uh, concrete holes to fill with that one. That was about 95% already written. So, yeah, I felt good about that piece. It was awesome. I think you're next. Yeah, uh, I, I I was uh, waiting for for Storm. Uh, I, I know usually he he introduces. Is 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 Storm still? We we good Storm? Should I should I go? Yeah, sorry, my fault. I, um, I was just doing something, but yeah, no, definitely you can go ahead. Oh no, that's cool, man. Th thanks. I I am gonna read one more piece. I decided, but this is this is a piece I posted a while ago on my on my Tumblr. Um, I, uh, I, I do have one other new piece, but I think I'm going to hold off on that one. Uh, this, uh, this one, this one is pretty self-explanatory. Um, I'll just, the only context I'll give is that, um, I'm really, I'm always, I'm always, uh, interested in the idea of the dichotomy between, uh, science and faith. Um, and with everything going on, uh, now in the world, um, it's hard to, you know, um, it's hard to choose what is more important. I know it sounds crazy, you know, being in the middle of a pandemic, but I think there's something to be said. There's an argument to be made for both being equally as important. Um, and as such, this particular piece um, deals with the feeling of being overwhelmed by not being able to find some sort of uh, resolution in that, um, in that, I guess difference. Uh, this is called, uh, this is called grim. It's true. I'd rather die than live in a world like this, which resembles almost nothing of what God had always planned for his people feeling lost without choice or hope for dreaming new expressions found abandoned by our nature, frail from fear, growing weak through every breath stolen daily as faith plummets on one dime. No man expected, but those few who prayed at home, watching TVs crush their chance to declare such private gospel, pure salvation spilling answers between walls which hardly speak. Now accustomed by default, where relief is keeping quiet, despite begging shuttered windows, let us leave before they close, knowing somehow being blessed makes that illness much more special, risking joy outside confinement when precaution fails its task. Hiding truth behind closed doors, seeing families spend each moment. Still unsure tomorrow's promise seems sufficient, though time wastes. Missing sun upon thick skin, built while braving threats too modern, since religion offers safeties beyond science, grim if wrong. And then that's, that's it. Again, another killer poem. I think we're on fire today. Jeez, um, <laughs> it's like I've had this big burning bush of poems just read to me all night long. So um, yeah, I'm just touched. 
So thank you for sharing. Thank you. I feel like it was uh, perfect for, you know, things that are going on around the world and stuff. It felt like a lot like that, like, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even really know how to explain it, but I feel like that's what it made me think of all this stuff, you know, all the writing, all the Black Lives Matter, like people feel like they have to uh, express themselves in certain ways. And, you know, I feel like, I don't know, I felt that kind of with the poem. Thanks, Natasha. It's, it's, it's interesting because when I, when I wrote this poem, it was right around the time of the, the, the you know, uh, the George Floyd incident. And um, I, uh, I, 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 I was, you know, it, it really made me think, you know, again, you know, we have this idea of this pandemic, which is biological, but then we have this idea of, of rampant racism, which is a human problem. It's a, it's a morality problem. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a human nature problem, a bad thing. Um, and you, you know, you, and then it makes you, it, it does, that's where, again, it comes into that dichotomy. We always push science as being so important um, as being the, something that is redeeming and saving. And, and there's no doubt that it is, and I'm not diminishing it, but I think that in a situation in a crisis like we're in as a nation and as a world, I think faith or morality at the very least is, is equally as important to nourish and sustain ourselves and heal the wounds. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, I, I super enjoyed this one, man. It's very, very relatable um, in, in many senses. And, you know, uh, morality and ethics is something, in my opinion, that not a lot of people have the, you know, opportunity to look more into. You know, sometimes I would say there's a lack thereof. Um, and I, I feel like this embodies that, you know, it's it's tough to want to live in a world like this, but at the same time, we're the very means of change that need to happen. So it's beautiful. Thank you, Alex. I always appreciate it, my friend. It means a lot. And uh, and that's and that's what I was trying to convey. Yeah, I tried my best. I appreciate it. Of course. No, definitely a good piece. Um, I mean, I don't really know what to say that hasn't already been said. Um, overall, I think it was a really good piece. Um, like Natasha said, it just it it just echoes what's what's going out there in the world. So, you know, real good job on. Thank you. Okay, so next up uh, will be Alex. Alrighty. Um, so this one that I'm going to share is a very, very old one. Um, it was towards the beginning of when I started actually posting poetry on Tumblr, um, funny enough. And uh, my mindset at the time Again, the, those those years were very dark times for me. So a lot of it was just me venting and getting things out and uh, trying to, uh, I guess, save myself from my own thoughts. Uh, the piece is called Self-Concept. I can see it now, the world's vivid conception. Why can't I breathe? Could it be my twisted perception? The chokehold strengthens 
as I try to relieve the tension. Smoke one now and maybe one later. Is this my recurring obsession? I should loosen the noose, give myself time to catch a breath. Who am I? Where do I belong? Maybe it's time to look towards death. I see him lurking but never stay. I wave at him with calm. He just stares back with empty eyes. I can hear his song, the wonderful song. The music stops. Maybe there never was. I suppose it's not my time to leave, but it's so dark sometimes in here. Maybe it's finally time, I believe. End. That was really deep. I really, I really felt that. Thank you. Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you very much. Very, yeah. very, very good. <laughs> Just amazing. Amazing. Um, I really have struggled with my thoughts a lot and the perceptions that I've had or like how I perceived or wanted to believe that the world actually was for reality. And now it's turned out like completely different. Um, but I totally can relate to um, that poem a lot. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's um, crazy, you know, the kind of thoughts you'll have sometimes in a dark moment, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Alex, uh... I second that, man. Um, the, you know, our thoughts can take us to some crazy dark places, but this, uh, this, this poem, as dark as it was, again, you, I, I love how there, there, there is glimmer of hopes in in your work. I mean, there, I mean, glimmers of hope, uh, glimmers of hope in your work. There, there really is. I mean, you, even when you deal with some really dark, serious, traumatic subject matter, and and which I love, and I think is, I think you excel at it. I think that it's such a part of your identity as a writer. And again, that's, that, that's really pivotal in your work. And if you were to stray away from it, I think somehow it would diminish the sincerity of what you're trying to convey, but which you don't do, which is why your work is so genuine. And um, this, this particular piece, it, it, it ran the gamut from, you know, harsh, but also, you know, trying to make sense of those, of those voices and, and, and moving past them. And uh, again, man, always, always very introspective and deep, but, but always, always well conveyed, well written, meaningful. Thank you so much, Jonathan. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's what you make it at the end of the day. And it's tough sometimes to be positive, but sometimes you just got to kick yourself in the butt and, and, and do it anyways. Absolutely. No, I definitely agree with what everybody has said. That piece itself was full of deep thoughts, deep insights, deep words. I mean, overall, the whole piece was just deep, and it, it, it really kind of, like, forces you to really look at life. You know what I'm saying? So uh, definitely a, 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 good, a good piece. I liked it. Thank you, sir. All right. So next up will be me. Um, I will read uh, a prompt that I had written uh, that uh, Helen had came up with. Uh, the title was Sirens Heard in the Background. 
Um, don't quote on, don't quote me if that was the actual title, but it's something along the lines of that. But uh, don't have a name for it. But here I go. A siren heard in the distance. Where could it be going? Dark thoughts I kept at bay, but with weak to little resistance. Knowing the possibility that death lurks nearby is growing. Oftentimes there is a sign which could tip the scale, but in the back of my mind during these times, it feels like we've indefinitely have lost our way during this current trip through hell. They say that faith will prevail. Rough waves will calm for better sails. Time is of the essence because patience is a virtue. Once faith has regained its strength, its presence, it will let evil know that it is past its curfew. So as I listen, I continue to think and wonder. Even halfway through August, it, can, it still continues to be a hot summer. With the amount of rain that has fallen in comparison, there has been little to no thunder, no lightning strikes. Perhaps maybe Mother Nature has lost her anger, as it seems like her wrath has lessened. Is that a good sign or bad? Only time can reveal that answer, my brethren. The sounds get, the sounds get closer, and in the flash, they go past. The tension is high, with the seriousness, with the seriousness, sorry, with the serious look on the driver's face determined to get to where he needs to go. What will be the outcome, good or bad? Soon the, re the reality of the sirens heard in the background will be exposed. More sounds of sirens are heard in the background. As the sounds of blood curdling screams take the lead vocals, both sounds echo, bouncing from all directions. You become submerged in their drowning effects. Listen. As temporary pauses trickle in before they too get phased out before something greater overcomes. Like your body from grow from going numb. Where are they? Where are they go where are they coming from? But more importantly, what are the reasons? With so many questions to ask, your mind has little room to comprehend the answers. It is like an incurable cancer that continues to spread smoothly, nonchalantly. The sounds of sirens heard in the distance has become more natural than the sounds of nature itself. And that's the end of that. Wow, um, Storm, this was amazing, man. Um, I love this piece. Again, I, I, mean, I, I mean, your work tonight is, 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 as always, super, super A+. Um, this, this was interesting again, because going off that prompt, which, um, I really like that prompt by the way. So Helen did an amazing job. Um, it's so interesting to see how, again, like, I think it, what I'm gaining from everything tonight is how everybody interprets what's happening so differently yet so similarly and how, you know, Phil conveyed this in his unique way through his unique, you know, identity and personality. And then this is so distinctly you. And, and yet it was, it was, I mean, again, it was like so relevant and powerful to what's going on, but you, you know, you took a very interesting angle, you know, you, 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 you use the idea of sirens as being um, 
almost echoing screams in a way, you know, like you, you, you know, you even said it at one point in the poem. Uh, I mean, just absolutely great work, man, as always. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely shout out to Helen for really coming up with a really good prompt because I think that prompt in itself mirrors what 2020 has been nothing but silence. Whether from pandemic we're, we're still dealing with or the injustices that um, people have been facing, um, it's just been constant. So I believe that, you know, Helen did a really good job with picking out uh, that prompt. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is indeed the year of sirens and uh, your, your poem like you know, echoed that beautifully. Well, I thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so Rich, before we get to you, uh, Kay does have a piece that she'd like to share. So Kay, whenever you are ready, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Um, I was just looking back at an old one that I had found and figured I should share it. So this one is called A Run From Sin. She was always on the run, wishing something could be done. Always meant to leave against what she wanted to believe. Heartbroken too many times, she had heard all the lines. Looking for something real, more than what she could feel. But a fate made as a sixth sense, making love that much more intense. Someone that could grasp her soul and make her life a lot less dull. Understand her pain and her wild thoughts sometimes insane. A true love she wanted to find, so she started discovering her mind. Soon realizing she was after love of herself, not that which was found in someone else. She had to be the one, tired of the run, and find what set her soul on fire, igniting truth of every desire. To be freed of others' opinions with confidence in making decisions. Listening to her inner voice within, she uncovered a love that had always been. A place of safety had been found in the depths of a place much more profound. Destiny wasn't hers to find in another, but rather to travel and discover what it meant to be her and have her heart and mind concur. Once a dreaming fairy tale hid love by a frayed veil, but as it lifted away, she was no longer afraid to stay. She believed in herself without fail and found love within as her holy grail. And that is um, the end of that. And I just kind of thought it went well with tonight's um, theme, I guess. So, yeah, that was definitely very beautiful. I love that poem. Um, and I loved how it ended too, you know, of that holy grail, love yourself. That's just the end goal, I think, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Yeah, I, I, that piece was really good. And the way that it ended, I felt like it just, it echoed strength and determination and just finding, once you find a way out, you do whatever it takes to get to that end point and, uh, you know, protecting that um, and shielding from any distraction or anything else that may come your way and really protecting it. Um, like you said, like the Holy Grail, um, so I, I, that was really good. I definitely like it. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, Kay, this was this was this was very very beautiful. Um, really, a, a powerful and 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 uh, it was kind of uplifting. Um, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the idea of this Holy Grail. People have mentioned that. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, one of my 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 geek is showing. Sorry, but one of my one of my all time favorite movies and. Um, the idea uh, in that movie is that the, the Holy Grail is, 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 is you know, also besides being a literal thing is also figuratively is, uh, you know, acceptance, even in the movie uh, of, of Indy's father accepting his identity, uh, his son's identity. And, and, and that's one thing that uh, I think that you conveyed here. It was, it, was, it was learning to accept yourself outside the boundaries of everything that had been imposed on you. And and that is such that that is that is such an important. You know, we always talk about the golden rule as being love yourself, as you know, you know, love another as you love yourself, or you know, love thy neighbor. But this was this was learning to accept yourself and to and to and to mold yourself uh, into a better person through try, you know, through through adversity and through triumph uh, over that said adversity. Um, I, uh, I I I really I really loved it, Kay. Really beautiful. Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I always was the one that was, you know, giving to others and not really taking care of myself. And in the process, I ended up losing everything about me. Um, and so my journey has been a lot about acceptance and really loving me by being what is hard for me. So, so called selfish, I guess you could say, but for the right reason. And um, that's been huge for me, I think, in keeping my sobriety. No, definitely. I definitely agree with that. All right. It is time to end the show. I'm not going to take too much time. Rich, you already know the routine. Go at it. All right. So because the year of sirens is such an intriguing prompt on its own with everything else going on, um, I do have a poem queued up, but we're just going to coin flip it because why the hell not? I've got four minutes to work with. All right, heads. So we'll go with the pre-recorded stuff. Um, during my time on Tumblr, I've written, I won't say countless because I could probably count them, um, but poems for other people or with their intention. So this is something that I wrote also in 2016 with somebody that I had initially thought I had a budding relationship with, um, friendship, whatever you want to call it. And retrospectively, there's a lot of lies and betrayal. Not so much that I want to say that it's unforgivable, but it's definitely unforgettable. So we'll go with that. The title is called Stardust Tears and Poor Attempts at Loving You Well. Tonight, our stardust weeps fire. Forever remembering that this time is the only time we will meet like this. 
We have met as butterflies and burning embers. We have met as dewdrops and garden snakes. We have met as noon shadows and midnight silence. I must have loved you in every instance. I must have lost sleep in every instance. I must have lived for this always. There has never been unnecessaryness between us. You know this, and still you tell me I know this, and I still tell you. Damn, I must have loved you as so many things that why is it that our stardust weeps? They have seen beyond tonight. Our stardust has seen beyond the fall and beyond the spring and beyond the summers to come. Tonight our stardust weeps fire forever remembering that this time is the only time we will meet like this, love like this, live like this, forget like this, forgive like this. I cannot forgive the way you lied over the years. I know that stars in the sky are already dying life, and now you yourself are a dying light in my eyes. I can't forgive the way you burned out, but I will forget the way you shined, because you don't shine like that anymore. The end. I really like that. And it's um, interesting because I actually have um, three stars on my wrist as a tattoo. And I got them because of past traumas and then the loss of several friends, which was an open star not colored in. And the reason I left them like that um, was because the traumas were supposed to burn out, left to die. And I was supposed to rise through my traumas and continue to shine. Um, and so it's, like bizarre and so coincidental because that's the meaning I literally had given to the tattoos that I'd gotten for that. And so that was very, very powerful way to end. So thank you. That was a very powerful piece, man. Um, I loved every moment of it. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure where I heard this, but this is kind of just like what popped into my mind after hearing it. You know, some people, they're here for a chapter, but some are just here for the whole book. And you can never really know who's there for how long, but you can always be sure that there's a lesson to be learned from every person in your life. And that I hold true in this. Great job, man. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely multiple chapters. I mean, the, 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 the star and fire imagery really spoke to me, Rich. I have to say it was, it was, I mean, again, like you, you, you it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how you have such a vast um, uh, array of, of images that, that you work with. Limitless, rather, is the word I'm looking for, limitless. Like you, you always seem to, write, to find the right image for the, for the exact right moment. And um, I, 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 I love that. I, it's just, it, it was, you know, and it works so well with the theme of this poem and that, that that's that, i mean again you know ma master class and talent there uh just awesome man 
Now, to that point, when I hit the 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 original end, um, this is probably more like a a seventy thirty in terms of filling the concrete piece. Um, when I hit the end of you know going beyond the spring, I was like, that's it's it's not enough. That's not enough to end this this time. Which brought me back to that beginning piece and repeating the the start. And I think that it's always important to to take moments in our lives to reflect and go back to the beginning of things in order to truly find when things end. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I love how, like you mentioned tonight about like this idea of filling in the gaps. Like it's something that I actually want to, like, I think I'm going to be inspired by you, Rich and like adopt that into doing when I do my own poetry because I always feel the need to have to make things perfect, you know, rather than, rather than necessarily like, like improvise something genuine from the heart on the spot, which ironically enough, always, I think comes out better. I, I, I mean, unanimously, I always think it, 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 it comes out better that way, which is probably why I, I, I love your poetry so much because I can tell there's, there's, you know, you have foundations of what you work with, but there's always this, like, this meaningful, like, you know, um, like, random, heartfelt, like, spur-of-the-moment component to it, and um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I think you've mastered it, but it's something that, it's something that I wish I could do, and I, I'd love to practice. Then practice it, man. It's, it, it's the, anything worth doing is worth practicing. And if you feel so moved to like, when you see something happen like in front of you in the world and you're like, I want to experience that, go and fucking experience it. Absolutely. Yeah, Rich, that was, um, that was really good. I definitely like that. I like, I mean, I've said this before, I like imagery and any any pieces that have to do with the sky, you know, the universe, stars, planets, um, weather phenomenon, shit like that, like it, it intrigues me uh, just because there's, there's so much to what's up there that we think we know, uh, but, uh, there's, there's just more than what's being shown. And there's a, there's a piece in there, I know I'm gonna butcher it, but that really kind of like stuck out to me um, where you said something about uh, the dying star in my eyes and something about the way, it got, the way it got burnt out. I know I just butchered it, apologize for that, but it, it, those lines, that... sorry, not guy again. I was going to say, it's fine that you put that because that was one of the impromptu lines, but it basically went, um, we all know that stars are dying lights and your star is like, oh, I'm going to butcher my own line. Um, basically saying that we marvel at the dying light of stars, but this person I won't marvel at anymore because their light no longer shines. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it's to me, the way I, I, I seen that 
I interpreted that was like star being like, so sorry, the starlight being just like the soul itself. Once the light is gone, the soul's gone, and all you're just left is just a lifeless physical remains. So that's why that that those lines really like um, really stuck out to me a little bit more. But it definitely was a good piece overall, though. All right. So with that being said, uh, that concludes tonight's event. Uh, once again, definitely want to appreciate and thank you for everybody who had came out tonight, who came to listen, who came to participate, who came in to share, who came in to comment. Just you bringing your vibes to tonight's show. Definitely want to thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so once again, we will meet again next week. Uh, up until then, I hope you guys have a good night and stay safe out there. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Night. Thanks for sharing. Good night.